Hey guys, this is Liz Candace. This is Nikki Collins. What up, guys? It's Essence Carson. Hey, this is Imani Media Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. Let's see if I know how to do this. <clears throat> WNBA Nation. Hello again. Welcome to another episode of the show. I'm Steve Schwartzman. It's been a while. Uh, and it might be a while even after this, but we've we've had some people going on vacation and I had a quick moment while my son was napping. So we're going to talk basketball. Uh, I'm Steve here with Logan Jones. Logan, how's it going? Dude, welcome back. Thank Good you. Have you back. This is like a neat little this is kind of like I'm on leave, but I stopped in at the office for a little bit. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm not sure like I'll be back in like a full rotation still for a few more weeks. But um yeah, we had a situation. Kyle right now is with Jason in Dallas. They're about to go to a Wings game. And while they're out in the stead, and you might actually hear from them for all we know, we figured, you know, the rents are out, so let's party. And <laughs> this, you know what this feels like? This feels like when when a guy gets Tommy John and he starts doing like a throwing program. So you just like, yeah. haven't heard from him for like a year, but you're like, hey, he's yeah. actually like, let's like- just... Like you see some video of it, you get like that 10 yeah. second Twitter video of like, he's been, he, he's throwing, he's throwing on the mound. Yeah. Like, yeah. Can, I, can, back. can he, can he pivot off that Achilles? Just like, do I still got it? Does it feel tender? But like no contact yet. Um, yeah. Told yeah. No yeah. Contact. But like he, he like definitely is on his way back. Like it's getting there. That's what it's happening. Like. Doing my, 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 I need to find like a, what would be like a minor league version of the show of just like me like doing my minor league rehab just talking to myself in an echoey bathroom or something i don't know what it would be (laughs) but it's life um logan we are so well into the thick of basketball right now we obviously are only weeks removed from the olympics we're about a week and a half removed from all-star well i guess you could say two weeks right around from the all-star break there's a lot happening the standings are starting to formulate People are really, 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 really wanting to crown an MVP already. Uh, so there's just a lot to cover. Uh, but if you don't mind, I say we just jump right in to the week in basketball up until when we're recording this now. So Friday night games, Chicago, Dallas, Ace the Sparks, Dreamstorm. I mean, we could predict them if you really want to make fun of us, but that's while we're recording. So it's, <laughs> we'll see how those go. Some good matchups there. But uh, I'm going to kick back to Tuesday a little bit, of course. Or actually, why don't I kick it over to you? Because um, I think you you wanted to do like the two-minute drill on this. And yeah, I'll, let's some of our see matchups. how many so of these I'll, I'll lay out the floor out. here. Yeah, I'll try to get these uh, out for you. We'll start with Tuesday. Uh, last time we talked to you, we, we recorded on a Monday. I think it came out on a Wednesday. So we got a couple couple days worth to catch up with, uh, with the action in the W. First, you got the New York Liberty at atlanta dream get the dream coming out of that one with a four-point win courtney williams 18 points but nigel laney 16 points she keeps her double-digit scoring streak up connecticut sun uh got a win against washington the mystics have been playing better as of late tina charles went for 26 in this game so she still got hers but john quell jones mother of dragons she is back mother of dragons she is in the states and honestly, I know you agree with this, Steve. The Connecticut Sun just need to be the Connecticut Dragons because thank you. I was about to cut you off to bring this up. I said <laughs> when I heard about the Mother Dragons thing, I said I've never liked the Connecticut Sun name. Like I don't mind Phoenix Suns, but I've never liked the Sun name. It's too tight, like tied to Mohegan. But 
who doesn't want to play for the Connecticut Dragons? Like that's that's perfect. So uh, we will start that petition and we'll be lobbying for that right away. Hot. Yeah, with Jones, John Quell's mother. Yeah, Jones in that game, twenty three and sixteen. She is, in my opinion, squarely still in the MVP race after a brief absence. We'll move on to wednesday matchups you got chicago at dallas good one there sky win by 10 91 to 81 behind 17 points from newly anointed all-star kalia copper uh isabel harrison 23 points for the dallas wings to see the wings get some other people involved in the scoring as they continue to try and fight for a playoff spot minnesota links at phoenix uh, we really are interested in these two teams. They're kind of the middle of the pack teams that we're expecting to make the playoffs, but we're not really sure who they are yet. Minnesota comes out with the win here. Six point win at Phoenix. Thanks to Kayla McBuckets pouring in 26 points in her best game of the year. That's what they want to see from her. We want more of that McBuckets the rest of the way. Brittany Grant and that's, that's paired with two double doubles as well. Collier and Sill had double doubles that night. So yeah, really fun game between those two. I'd really like to see those two play a playoff series, uh, but I think we're probably going to see something closer to a, like a single elimination game between those two. Um, we'll move on to Vegas at uh, Los Angeles Sparks. Las Vegas Aces are getting it done. They look like they're on the war path this year. They want to rectify what they believe was a wrong last year in the finals. They win this game 99 to 75 behind 18 points from Jackie Young. And uh, a 22-point night from Amanda Zowie B. We are a Zowie B pod. Nice to see her getting up there as well. Yeah. Uh, Let's get this thing out of the way now. No, we're not insiders. No, no one's insiders. No one has any clue if Dame is going to go to L.A. The the hug (laughs) moment was a hug moment. Him and LeBron are friends. They showed up. They wanted to watch some good basketball, and they did. But I will credit Dame for, for looking positively fly in his W hoodie. Oh man. He rocked the black with the orange and it was, it was good luck. Um, uh, but I know people else. have been speculating and that's, that's all we're going to say. People have been, speculating. Uh, the aces are, the aces are good at basketball, six players and double figures. Yeah, it's true. And you know, someone else is, uh, is getting some minutes in that game. You might know her from uh, an Indiana fever stint because she got drafted number three there last year. Lauren Cox played 19 minutes for the sparks. Um, she yes. Was she was out there. Yeah. Doing it, so, Gotta be super nice when you're on a team that remembers you're on the team. Right. I mean, she she only had four points. She went one of three shooting. Uh, wasn't that impactful of a night, but she, you know, swiped two steals, got a couple of rebounds, uh, five rebounds and an assist. So it, you know, she doesn't know what that team's doing offensively yet. She probably hardly knows where her root like locker is in the locker room, but Lauren Cox player for the sparks. Now she's going to be around the league. So keep an eye out uh where did i leave off indy ooh, connecticut here. at indiana that was thursday game it's the only thursday game and you know what indiana held their heads high and stuck within two possessions of a really good connecticut team i'm going to give them some credit here even though i know they're not into moral victories there uh you kind of have to take them where you can get them if you're the fever this year brianna jones the story of this game hello 34 points uh yeah, that'll do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was boy. Oh man, the sun. I, the, the sun are doing this thing where they're reminding you just how many players they have that can go off, uh, and yeah. they're making themselves like there's no ignoring them anymore. It's like that 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 trope is is good and dead at this point. More so, uh, more so dead 
if you're the dragons i just want to make that clear <laughs> that's something people pay attention to you could even include you could just like turn the the sun logo on the side and have it be like a blast of flame or something like that i don't know you could do something cool jason snow will get him on that um but john Cole jones who obviously had a, a great game two nights prior we already talked about that one 19 points in 28 minutes in this one um 10 for 10 from the foul line making it count from the foul line brianna jones was a plus 14 for this game she had 34 points as well as uh pouring in seven rebounds three steals geez uh duana bonner also a very good game this uh this fever team, like like I said, they they actually held uh they held their own. Kelsey Mitchell played almost the entire game, scored 21 points. Um Tierra McCowan went in there, got nine points. It, you know, it's it's disappointing. Uh the the fever actually shot over 48% from the floor for the game. Uh still didn't come out with a win. So that's that's a tough one to swallow for them. The Connecticut Center, just a dang good team. Not a lot you can do there. And tonight's games haven't happened yet. So that's your week recap. I, you know, it was longer than two minutes, but I, we took a couple detours that I think we wanted to take, yeah. saw, saw some scenes and, uh, and we got there. Yeah. Can we cut back to one quick thing? We hit on it for like a brief second, but I, we, we ended this talking sparks and then talking fever. I, I think it only makes sense to hit on Lauren Cox for just a minute. This, uh, uh I actually don't even, Oh, see what happens when you look at the right stat sheet you find the right names it's an amazing phenomenon uh lauren cox plays 18 minutes just shy of 19 minutes in this matchup her first game technically was the same day she officially signed with the team uh they were scuttled up beforehand but this was official on this day her highest minute count of the season i'd have to go back historically and see if it was her most played game of her career and she comes in she immediately contributes she only makes a basket and nets four points, but she comes in, drops five rebounds. She distributes the ball. She gets a couple steals, immediately making herself known, being a presence the Sparks could use. The Sparks are a team in flux right now and in heavy transition. It's hard to say that they're in any sort of playoff race, but I expect the Sparks to look good down the road in the future. And I could see Cox being a big part of that already. After one night, we've seen more potential out of her uh, than I feel like we ever even considered out of Indiana. This is coupled with Erica Wheeler going from Indiana to Los Angeles saying, I didn't know that a star player could get this type of treatment. Um, I don't want to turn this into just like a complete uh, out and out um, routing on the Indiana fever, but you're one in 16. So you kind of have to take that in one way or the other. But when you see, would you see the sparks putting investment into Cox compared to what her experience in Indiana, just in general, what have your thoughts been? I, I don't understand a single thing the fever have done organizationally or on the floor all year. Um, I, I don't know why Tierra McCowan isn't out there more. I don't know why on their books, they have two veteran players that are not superstar players that are making superstar money. I don't understand why they're not using the picks that they spend high in the draft on premium players to either to develop them or to gain something in the off season or to gain something in the middle of the season. Uh, they, they don't acquire assets. They just squander them. They don't utilize the good players they have. I think Kelsey Mitchell and Tierra McCown on any other team. Um, you're, you're looking at some of like the big names in the league, but they just kind of hide there in Indiana. And to be honest, I, I think this is going beyond 
I, I'm going to take the, the pressure off the players on the court. Like that's a professional basketball team that just went out and lost by six to one of the best teams in the league the other night. I think they deserve some credit for trying to, to play with a, kind of a hand tied behind their back, but it's their own front office that's holding them back at this point. And the mismanagement of that team, I, I can't remember if this was on Mike or if this was just on our Twitch discussion on Monday, but uh, that team is really frustrating to me because they're making all of these, to my eyes, bad decisions. I'm not a, an exec. I was only an assistant GM for a day, so I don't have a whole lot of experience mm-hmm. um, from, the, you know, from the front office. Yes. But, but there are some obvious things that you just don't do. You know, you don't cut your your the previous year's number three overall pick loose for nothing. You know, you don't pay players big you know, these big huge contracts more than they're worth. Like it, there are there are two really good um I guess patterns you could follow if you're the fever. You could try to do the uh the Dallas wings and just amass tons of picks over a two year span and try to hit on a couple of them. Or you could do the New York Liberty and go out and like acquire you know, they went and got Laney and Howard, like two of the biggest names in free agency last year. And now they're putting together a nice little playoff run, uh, or at least trying to run into the playoffs. So I just, I, I'm not articulating it as well as I did on Monday. Cause I'm not as mad today. I'm just kind of <laughs> dumb. Um, when, when I was upset about it, I was, I was a little more fiery and I feel bad because I, I fever fans just deserve better. Um, but that organization is just, it's just making every move that I wouldn't make. Um, and, and every move that goes against common sense and they're, they're not going to, my question to you, Steve, like, what's it going to take for them to get better? Cause I don't think even if they had great draft position that they would be able to just turn things around. Like if, if they were to be able to go out and get like a page Beckers, mm-hmm. I don't think that's enough. Like, I, I don't think they have the coaching, the development, the culture, the ability to put pieces around a star like that in order to suddenly leap into being like the seven, eight seed and then trying to climb into the, the top mm-hmm. five in the league. Like they just, I don't trust them to be able to do that right now. Yeah. I, I, I totally co-sign a lot of that. I would say there's one term that comes to mind a lot. When I think about if, if you, if someone were to ask Steve for some reason, what's wrong with the fever, it's overthinking. I think when it comes to how they draft, how they, peel acquisitions, how they go about game strategy, how they handle managing minutes, how they develop their youth players, how they, how they work with stars. A lot of it's overthinking. Sometimes there's very simple answers that you go, we need to try and make this happen. And they, they can sometimes get cute with it. I think there are some draft scenarios where I've gone, I would have just gone with what made sense in the moment. And they didn't necessarily take that route. I think uh, Tierra McCown's one of my biggest examples of that why isn't she starting regularly? Why she only started 10 games this year? Why isn't she getting a large load of minutes? Sure seems like the offense has some level of, of competitiveness when she's on the floor. So why isn't their investment there? I think they tend to overthink things in that sense. And especially because, and then the Cox situation was a huge part of that. Like I understand injuries played a role with Cox and there, you know, there was, you know, that slows down development as far as getting someone worked into the system. But it's not like this is a three-point hungry team. They're not only one of the worst teams in at shooting from distance in terms of percentage, but in attempts, they don't shoot a lot of threes. So it's not necessarily that they have a different play style. They can invest in their front court and they haven't made sense to do that. Uh, but even then it's like, 
I, I'm happy to see that Cox is, is, is finding some investment somewhere in the league because we knew she had it in her. But I feel bad, for instance, for, uh, you know, you the, the, the fever took a huge risk. One of the biggest shock moves in what was a very shocking first round of a draft was taking Kaiser Gondrzejk. So why is she playing eight minutes, five minutes, and four minutes in the last three games? <laughs> well, why is she taking zero attempts uh, from anywhere on the court? Getting real no, just working garbage minutes. Look, what, what's, is there something going on behind the scenes? Is there an issue? Is yeah. there a health-related yeah. issue? I'm going through the game by game, and I'm not seeing heavily long, long-ended stretches. And what I think it is, again, it's overthinking. They make these moves with a long-term idea in mind, but then they get anxious to quickly fix and Jimmy rig a short term issue and it flushes things out. And you see that happening in Connecticut. Gondrzejk, for instance, played four minutes against Connecticut and you have uh, Vivian's only played 10 minutes. Um, McCown didn't start. What happened there is you got in a close matchup with Connecticut and you kind of clammed up and just kind of made quick moves and kind of went with what was working and tried to rely on your starters when you were shooting two from nine from distance and you had players sitting on the bench that could have potentially put some life into your perimeter. And to me, it's just that idea of, I don't know if we're thinking these things through and, and I'll be very honest. This is a, this is a one sixteen team that hasn't really instilled hope in anyone in four to five years, if not more. I mean, last year there were a few games out of the playoff race, but now you look at this and, you go, well, this is seems to be plumbing heavily. And it's that idea of like, you might need to entirely blow up the entire system. It may be time, unfortunately. And listen, I understand how much you put at risk when you say anything critical nowadays about a legendary player. So let's make something perfectly clear. Um, I, I, I wanted to be clear. And then I completely, my brain just went like nuts. Um, but like it's it's not my intention to to put heavy criticisms on anyone but like tamika catchings is obviously i would say one of the five greatest players in wnba history and is yeah. a bona fide legend and is an incredible human being who's done a lot of great not just for the league and for the community but for the Some, city of Indiana, indianapolis she's a phenomenal a phenomenal person and a phenomenal player and should always be respected for that i don't know if the Tamika catchings in the GM role scenario has worked. I, I, I don't know if we're running into similar to the, you know, Black Kent Johnson. It's like the, the uh, yeah. And obviously like, there's a lot more salaciousness with the magic scenario than to me. That would never be a Tamika. I just don't know if that's fitting. I'm wondering if it's time to, to dress that up. There are so many places where a legend Tamika catchings can be a huge impact to that organization that isn't there and and you can work around that so i she can stay tied to organization in so many ways outside of that i just don't know if it fits in this case potentially i mean we'll see i don't know if marion stanley is necessarily the fit i don't know what the answer is i don't know if it's talking muffet mcgraw out of retirement i don't know if it's uh <laughs> i have no clue what the solution is that's the unfortunate thing but in my opinion right now the Fever are not only at risk of being a bottom-feeding team, but you're looking at a team in the Fever, and maybe this is too strong of an opinion, you're looking three to five years ahead, and it's starting to scare you into thinking, like, do the Fever exist? Yeah. This is the type of downfall that's seen a lot of teams either need to move 
you know, from San Antonio to Vegas, or if they don't find a buyer, like that's, and believe me, that's not fun even in the slightest that I would hate that so much for that to happen. I want the fever to succeed. So me saying that isn't like, Oh, Steve's calling them out. It's saying that to me feels like what it's at risk. Cause it's, it's not just the fact that you have a poor record. It's the fact that it feels like environmentally there's something amiss there and, and yeah. it needs to be. And I, I wish I had a good answer for it, but this year, the Erica Wheeler scenario made me think it. And then the Cox situation went like, I'm pretty sure that's like, like I feel pretty good in saying mm-hmm. there's some deep roots that need to be figured out. Here's, here's something that might be familiar to our, our Twitch fam. If you were on the Twitch stream recently. And you should be, by the way. So Dallas wings, they're in year either two or three, depending on how you view it. I view it as year two of a rebuild. They're a playoff team little ahead of schedule but they're a playoff team the new york liberty are in year two drafted sabrina last year she got hurt they were really bad made a bunch of off-season acquisitions this year we've all seen them play they're a fringe playoff team in my eyes this year they're about a year ahead of schedule but they're in year two of a rebuild i think a rebuild you probably get about two or three years like you make your draft picks you try to develop after a couple of years, if it's not working out, you got to find a new coach, go in a different direction. The Fever have been poor for five seasons. And I don't have really any expectation of next season to be the one where they make the leap and suddenly they're ahead of schedule. So they're at least two years away from being good or at least relevant enough to be like in the playoff hunt. That's a seven-year gap. Yeah. In a, in a 12-team league where there's lots of turnover, lots of movement, every offseason, stars are exchanging hands, right? Like, you, you, I, here's, here's some things that I see, Steve, and I know you see them too. I see Erica Wheeler going to LA and bursting into tears seeing a billboard of herself because she feels like a star for the first time. And I, and I want to, yeah, yeah, like, I, yeah, keep going. I see I the Liberty renovating their facility renovating their branding new looks new threads new outreach to the community getting a lot of excitement around the sabrina liberty even though we all know it's like it's also the betnaja and it's also the natasha natasha and the onionuere like it's it's all of their liberty but like they have that focal point and they have these sweet new facilities and they have these jerseys people are buying off of nike.com and i see the vegas aces you know, we, we all know that there's sweet new facilities coming too, right? I, I, it, for 25 years, owners of WNBA teams have been able to kind of shrug at their rosters and say, we want to treat you like superstars, but we don't have the money. We're the WNBA. And we're mm-hmm. seeing the tide turn towards you have to start treating your players like stars. And you have to give them reasons to want to be on, on your franchise's payroll. Because they can go to other teams and they can go overseas and make a lot more money, enjoy themselves a lot more. And I don't see the fever participating in that and giving players a reason to stay. Yeah, it's. And I, that's I think the, they might lose the team. That's the answer that I was ma- that I was trying to make, and I think it made sense. So we, I, I, we did our first W history series on the Houston Comets, and so I poured into every local houston news article that existed with that franchise 
I really got to know the goings in and goings out of that team over <laughs> their span. And the answer, what you just said was a huge knell to like a, a, a huge death knell to the comments. This was a team that won four titles in four years. They were the first dynasty in this league's history. And at some point, the attention got taken away from them. And then the slip started to happen. And then it got to a point where it was hard to recover from. And what's encouraging if you're a Liberty fan, I understand they started hot and they're leveling out, but there's so much evidence that this team's on its way. Yeah. And that's encouraging. They're going to be great. I think if you're a Sparks fan right now, you should feel good that two to three years down the line, there's something being made there in their new era. It may not happen now, but you're feeling pretty good about there's pieces that can easily come together yeah. and it's, it's going to become something big time. The storm, not three, four years ago, were a fledgling eight seed that seemed to get popped out at the end of every year. If you go just a couple of years by, behind that, Sue Bird was ready to bolt to Phoenix. And they made the moves, they, they shared a vision, and they became a team that should have just completed a three-peat, but got two out of three. It, if you make the right moves, you can turn things around, but you can at least make it clear like the results speak for themselves, but you can't hide if you're doing nothing. And right now, yeah. a constant frustration, every free agency, uh, draft period, trades, anything when it comes to, to buzz around the league. Is why, is, why haven't heard anything out of Indiana? Like, why are we trying to bust things out? And I get it. People run their businesses differently, but people at least need to see that wheels are moving. Because right now, it just kind of feels like the it's that like they're almost living in a way the stereotype people sometimes can give a WNBA franchise, which is the, yeah, which is owned by a Pacers style organization that isn't. Yeah, their hands attention. are in their pockets you want and, to see. and they're not, they're not spending the money and they're not making the moves and pushing the chips into the center of the table to be good. This is, this is some truth corner stuff. I, I didn't give us the truth drop, but I, this is the truth. This is a, this is like a, basically an intervention for the, fever organization for what it's worth we all want the fever to succeed i i know everybody on the show in the chat before every season we kind of argue amongst ourselves like can we justify you know being hopeful for the fever this year we have fans of theirs that listen to this show uh we we tend to be a pretty optimistic positive show we're rooting for all the players in the league to be successful um but the ownership and and the front office needs to put those players in a position to succeed. It's criminal that Kelsey Mitchell and Tierra McCowan don't have more support to be great because you they are, are great. literally halfway through the season and you have one win. It's, it's, it's just maddening. And it's one of those things where, it's tough. um, you know, if you're a fever fan and, and, and you're upset, you obviously have every right to be now, We'll just have to see. I mean, does the the pride points discussion stands in a way of can you come out of an Olympic break with some energy and at least show that you're putting in that effort and and see where that takes you? Because that can go a long way down the road. And I hope that there's something in place there. If not, you worry that the repercussions here are bigger than just a team with a poor record. Um that all said, that this turned into a much darker discussion than I think either of us were accepting. It no, it's, it's worth having. Um, I don't know when else we'll we'll have it because the rest of the year we're going to be talking about the playoff yeah. hunt and we're going to be talking about the teams at the top. And at some point, we do need to address 
that like there's one team that's already just out of the running. Everybody else, those 10, 11, you know, or the nine, 10, 11 spots, like it changes almost daily. Everybody's in the running. Uh, I think there are four or five teams at the top that are contenders for a championship. And then another four or five teams that are all trying to ruin their day. Um, and then there's the fever. Five through weird 11. Outlier. Five through 11 right now are within two games of each other. Yeah. Um, so there's so much weird movement that could be happening in those stretches. And that's what makes this just that much sadder of um, like, this could easily be the discussion. And, and to use this as a good transition point to the next point we wanted to hit, because we wanted to hit on this really quick, even though it's been a few days since the news has come out, that like the one moment of bre- brevity that I had thinking about the fever was on Twitter the other day when uh, the fever account just tweeted that I am sad gif. Um, <laughs> because the fever surprisingly don't have any all-star representatives this year. And I don't know that that's entirely shocking, given the fact that a lot of teams were given several um, but like this kind of rolls into the reveal of the rosters. Um, and obviously it's a different case here because the, it, this isn't an East West store, like a team Asia versus team whomever this is team WNBA and team USA playing off. Now team, team USA players were able to receive uh, all-star affiliation, but still be playing for team USA. So that opened up a lot of other spots on the all-star. So this is a unique one where, we would have seen maybe a few more names potentially in the mix and involved and things like that. But I mean, we've talked about this. There were many surprises. There were some heavy snubs. There was a lot to hit there. Uh, we talked to, I just brought up Indiana. Um, one shocking team is the sparks don't have uh, a player involved in this mix. Yeah. You would have assumed you would have assumed Neko Gumake at some point, but it, you know, but it's interesting to see that that was a team that, that sort of got snubbed out of that piece. And then, but but most teams, I want to say, uh, between uh, both rosters, at least have some level of affiliation. I won't go down the list. Uh, people have probably had a couple of days to already figure out what this roster looks like and feels like. Um, are there immediate surprises for who made the roster or who did not make the roster? Yeah, my biggest surprises are 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 probably snubs. Like I, I always, I don't want to be negative. I don't want to be like these players don't deserve to be here. Cause these are all deserving players. Um, you know, we knew a couple of them were obvious. We knew Bonner, Cambage, John Quill Jones, Laney, like we were, we were pretty sure about all of that. Right. Um, but no, uh, no Mabry. Mabry didn't get in. I think Courtney Williams probably took that, that guard spot away. Uh, I do think I did have Courtney Williams on my ballot. I, I am glad that she got in, but, Mabry, I think, was deserving. Um, Satu Sabli got an all-star nod, which I think was a surprise to some people. Um, I, it was a surprise to me. I didn't really consider her um, for my ballot. And I, I feel like 12 spots is, is plenty, especially with 12 others going to Team USA that you know we should have gotten all the stars in. And NECA not being on either of these teams is pretty tragic. In, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the one case where, interestingly enough, people were, were even lobbying, like, don't vote her in just because she didn't make Team USA. And I understand that she only played seven games up to this point. She was playing at a really solid level. And I'm going to be honest, too, at the end of the day, um, narrative drives these types of events. Um, we've all watched a very boring All-Star game. That was just kind of a, a soft pickup game. 
And I sort of, in the back of my head, enjoyed the idea of, you know what, let it be revenge game for NECA and Candace. Why not? You know, not even in the back of my head. I think I said that on the pod a little while ago. Like, like, let's do that. Like, you know, I I think there was some added piece and spice to it, um, which, which for me made things more intriguing. I I would like her to show up dressed for the game and just to get a piece of Team USA. Like, yeah. I'm charging out of the tunnel in the middle of a quarter and just be like, I'm, I'm suiting up and I'm going in. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and exactly. But you know, the, the one thing about NECA too, is just her personality is one that she'll accept. No, she's, she's the best. She's I don't know. Just, yeah. Just a good I, human I don't know being if listeners that, know that. Um, there there's, there's a lot of personalities that are on Twitter. Um, they're, they're very fun. Like I think Asia Wilson's a really easy one to go to tweeting all the time. Very fun personality, sharing funny stuff. TikToks from the locker room. Uh, NECA is a very there's a reason she's like the voice of the players association she is a very down to earth very even keel like when when she was snubbed from team USA I know it must have hurt and it was her circle that was kind of vouching for her on her behalf but she took it on the chin um, and just yeah that's just who she is that's I, yeah I mean that's, she's that's gonna a play better. she's just gonna go play like when i was able to work media credentials for the 2019 all-star game you know it was a cool opportunity to to see a lot of these players up close and i mean it when i say just one of the friendly friendly doesn't even touch it with her she's one of those people that very much she goes to every player she she gives them a hug sees how they she she very much is taking her player players union position very seriously and caring for these people and that's on her mind on top of everything else but it's one of those things that it just adds to this whole uh, litany of it's really frustrating that we have these two great rosters and she's not represented there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the excuses that I've heard from Team USA and, and Gino specifically uh, did not sit well with me, but that's a whole different discussion. Um, <laughs> that's be fun to have a lot of UConn fans telling me that I suck now, but uh, it, you know, it's, it, it, that's a frustrating case. I, I had Mabry and I didn't have Williams. I, that was my case currently. Uh, the difficulty with this is it was a 12 team roster, but you only get 10 votes. I only had four backcourt votes. And, and so Courtney was kind of my one out. It looks like Mabry was the one out for you. Um, I thought Mabry was kind of one of the breakout star, you know, players who deserve that nod, but I was surprised to see Sabali in that same vein, but it's tough because it's not like she hasn't played up to it. I just think if you're going to only have two players from Dallas uh, and you have to have a Rike, then, then maybe made more sense to me personally. Yeah. Like that's just there. There's also uh, I don't know who I would have replaced her with, but I, I saw a lot of people disappointed. Tiffany Hayes didn't get in and I didn't really realize this until I went digging into the numbers, but there is a valid case for that. Um, Tiffany mm-hmm. Hayes didn't have a three point shot until this year basically um and then she added that element to her game this is i guess her what ninth year in the league she's shooting 45 percent from three she never had a season above 40 percent before this um and she's averaging over 17 points per game she's playing really well so i that's one that feels like if the dream had a couple more wins in the w column maybe she gets in yeah but just not enough not enough of a light on the atlanta dream this year to get her in but that is I hear you. If you were a Tiffany Hayes voter, I think you had some serious ground to stand on. I get it. No, definitely. So it's, I mean, overall, now that I've had time to look at the roster, I, the rosters, I feel 
you know, I think more in, in tune to what I'm seeing. And I think there's a, there's a lot of fun to be had as we dig through this. I'm interested to see how seriously they're going to allow these rosters to go at it because I'm pretty sure Don Staley is saying I need all ligaments and tendons healthy uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> on my team heading into Tokyo. Um, and so I think it'll be a fun event. I, I More than anything, I'm excited. To be honest, if there's anything, I'm excited to see the 96 team roll out and get the love they deserve. Um, yeah, that'll be cool. They hey, should let... They should let Team USA – I like the idea, by the way, of having Team USA rest and letting Team WA play the 96 team for a quarter maybe. Give them like the third quarter. (laughs) Hey, we – this is as good a time to plug as any. We're going to be at the All-Star game. The four of us are going to go July 14th. We're going to be in Vegas, assuming that our flight gets us there. Um, And we want to see you guys. So just taking this time, uh, we, we still have a little bit of episode left after this, but I just, I wanted to segue that because I I'm getting pumped for it and it's getting pretty close. So if you're going to be out there, tweet at us, DM us, let us know. Uh, we'll, we'll come up with a meeting location. Maybe we'll catch some top golf or something and uh, get to hang out with all you guys, but all-star yeah. games can be super fun. I um, hear the Vegas top golf is a riot. Um, we have one in Utah. <laughs> That's pretty cool, but I hear that one's pretty sweet. So just wanted to throw that out there. I apologize for, for, for interrupting, but that is going to be the 96 team is going to be sweet. And I, anytime I know there's a little bit of a, not animosity, but there was some drama around the team USA announcement this year because of the NECA snub. I'm still super excited to go watch a team that is probably going to go win a gold medal uh, like later that month. That's I've never been to like an Olympic trials or anything like that before. So that's pretty cool for me. And I want everybody else to be able to experience that too. Um, I we we touched on a lot of things with the All Star roster already, but uh, just one last thing, and then anything that you've you've got on the All Star selections. There are one, two, three, four, five, six first time All Stars on this twelve yes. twelve person roster. That's pretty incredible. I, I realize yeah. that Team USA has kind of allowed there to be more spots, but um, certainly deserving. It's cool to see Kalia Copper, Dierka Hamby, Brianna Jones all get in um i i expect it won't be their last so that's kind of a nice little tip yeah. copper was the name i didn't even expect um you know i'm it's pretty cool to see but that was one that like when i saw that it threw me way off because i didn't even think about it and it's one of those things of this you know laney would have been in my head uh had it not been for, for some of the attention she's gotten but so it's mm-hmm. it's been cool to see people stand up to that opportunity um and it's always I, the cool thing about the league is that's always an opportunity players have. And so the Erica Wheeler story was awesome because uh, by all means, you know, and intentions, she came out of obscurity, you know, walking on and then finding her way to an all-star MVP. So I'm interested to see if any of these, these young, these young bloods, these first time timers are looking for that same. I don't know if they're going to do a MVP style award since it's not a traditional all-star game, but I'm Mm -hmm. interested to see if they stand out. Also, Mabry and Sammy Whitcomb and some other players who have impressed that didn't really get a lot of all-star consideration. We haven't heard anything yet that I'm aware of, of any Sands game events. If there's a three-pointer, a three-point contest, skills challenge. I stand by saying we should have another WNBA versus Team USA with the three-on-three. So maybe that's a great way to, to you also, fill some of those snubs in is to have yes, three You've also three. mentioned in our chat that maybe just a game of dodgeball. Um just because everybody, everybody would want to watch that. Um, 
There's like here's, here's something that I I learned about Kalia Copper as as you were mentioning that it was kind of a surprise to you. She leads Chicago this year in scoring and minutes. Um, just because of the inconsistencies. See, I think is that's degree. true. And like, I watched almost every Sky game and she's played well. It's, it's just weird, one of those weird right? things yeah. of it just didn't register. As soon as I saw it, I went, okay. Like it, it wasn't like I refuted it or I thought it was a bad move. I think it's great. I just it never even came to mind. It's this weird thing. Yeah, of, she when you think of the Sky roster, you think of, well, Sloot makes that team go or Candace Parker, like they lost seven without her, they won eight in a row with her, like Candace Parker makes that team go. But Kalia Copper is like that utility player that I, I know Sky fans knew all along. She's a fan favorite. Sky fans are all about her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I maybe some of that is because maybe the league's underrating her a little bit. I don't like throwing that word around because people really like to to say like criminally underrated about players that have like won. Just criminally. And people are always like, breaching no, no, no. the like, law when yeah. they're not rating people high enough. <laughs> but I, I really do, you know, like I maybe people are uh, maybe coming away from the all-star game with some Kalia copper uh, FaceTime is going to be good for mm-hmm. the league because she's been in the league six years. And I, I think she's been, she's been a key cog there. So it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Glad we got the all-star talk there. We had team USA talk on a previous episode. Now we got all-star talk. We got fever tooth corner and we got the past week of games. Steve, yes. do you want to do weekend games? Let's talk weekend games, but also Woo! since we're, <laughs> Since we're talking Team USA and we're also talking USA because we're going over 4th of July weekend, there's no better time for me to get this out now and I'm going to keep this as short as I can. What's happening to Shakari <laughs> is bull****. I've talked about this on the pod before. I love basketball. My favorite sport is track and field. I coached track and field for a little bit when I was in my later college year, my later high school years, my early college years. Um, it's one of my favorite things. We were all extremely excited to see this, you know, to, to see new young and exciting blood in the world of us track and to see richardson have to go through this when it's so obvious that this rule is outdated and ill-advised um and you can say whatever you want about you knew the rules and you broke the rules whatever this was someone who was trying to cope after finding out that they lost their mom and then go run in the olympic trials for the first time the fact that we're going to be robbed of that is absolutely ridiculous i'm uh, the the doping situation when it comes to the Olympics, the IOC is so inconsistent and immoral that it has ruined so much energy that I have to enjoy the Olympics anymore. This is something that every four or two, two years I've learned to look forward to. And I feel like every Olympics now, there's some moral uh, issue that's pulling that away from me. The fact that we were in Sochi and in Korea that the, the, you know, altogether made those hard to watch. And this time I'm looking at this going like, we don't know right now if Tokyo is, if this is even a smart move because Tokyo, you know, Japan does not look very good when it comes to, to COVID issues. We'll see how safe that's going to be, but there's a lot of people lobbying for why the game still shouldn't happen. And I see that point, but then on top of that, we're seeing garbage like this. It's just, it's just stupid. And, um, that's on top of all of the racial motivations that people have been citing that are, that are very true as well. It's ridiculous. This is someone yeah. who could put women's track and field on the map and you're selling her short on, on a damn it's, uh, technicality just it's because dumb. you, yeah, it's dumb. It, it's hard because anything I could say has already been said. It's, it's dumb. just like, it's garbage. We're here to talk basketball. I'm, I'm, I knew to cut myself <laughs> short because 
there would be worse words for me to say on mic. I'm just pissed off. It's, Why, it's uh, made it. It's the. It, it's it's it, we're two. We're like what three weeks short of, of the start of the Olympics, and I weirdly don't look. I'm not like looking forward to it outside of probably Team USA, um, because stuff like this always seems to rear its head at the worst time. Just sucks. I, I'm trying to figure out how to. Well, I I know the connection to the WNBA. The WNBA has been very a leader in in the basically the, the socially conscious aspect of of the athletics platform um they've stood for black lives matter and brianna taylor and um, so many things last year in the wobble season and they continue i mean the everything to do with the atlanta dream and the re-election and things like that in georgia um just fyi i don't know if you saw this already steve uh but the little cherry on top is the the ioc has uh has come out and said that they welcome uh, demonstrations and, and, and protests and, and things of that nature from their athletes. And they want to be a platform for that as long as they don't do it during the events or on the podium or basically any time that the cameras are on that's, them. That's a really great way to invite so, people to do just that, isn't it? Yeah, no, a hundred percent that's going to happen, but they, they basically have, have come like, out. And, and that's like principal Skinner, like, listen, everyone, this is a new flagpole we just installed in the school this is a stack of some of my boxer brief underwear that I just got washed. <laughs> I need to run to the grocery store and I'll be back. No one do anything. Like yeah. they, they basically came out and said, you can, you, you can have demonstrations, but like, don't do it when people are watching. So, so, so you, thanks, can, you can be, you can be Very outspoken cool. as long as you speak in the manner that we need you to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So For goodness uh, sake. the Olympics are really knocking it out of the park. We're still going to watch. I love, I love the Olympics. I'm going to watch and I'm going to cheer for our country. We're just getting to this point where it's like, <laughs> if we abolish the Olympics and the NCAA, like today, I probably go to sleep fine. It's just like, that's where we're at. It sucks. Like it, it sucks. Um, but weekend games. Weekend, <laughs> we thank you, weekend thank games. You. I, I knew I was going to go long on that. Very sorry. Let's talk weekend games. We got some cool Fourth of July matchups or Fourth of July weekend matchups up and on the run. Uh, we talked. Uh, we're recording this on Friday the second, so those games will probably be done and dusted by the time that you listen to this. Uh, but but I'm sure they were fantastic. We do have a Commissioners Cup matchup, Mystics Liberty. That'll oh. be on CBS Network. Look out. Uh, That'll be a fun one. Sun Fever will be playing at one Eastern uh, through the WNBA app. You've got a Facebook matchup at 10 p.m. Eastern. Links Mercury. Any any yeah. standouts there you want to call out, Logan? Well, actually, both uh, kind of important games. I currently have the Liberty just getting into the playoffs and the Mystics just being out. Um, that's how I'm kind of mocking up the rest of the season right now. So that's a that Mystics Liberty game is a big swing. It's a swing game that's in New York. Um, so keep an eye on that one. And then the Lynx Mercury, I, I think always good matchups, right? Like these teams, there's not like a blood feud necessarily, but I think these teams really enjoy being each other. Uh, I, I think they care. It's one of the, like, uh, the season's so short, every regular season game holds a lot of weight, but in terms of like how you feel about your team season, if you're a Merc fan, you get this win against the Lynx, you get back to 500, feel pretty good about yourself. Um, Minnesota is going to have to uh, go into Phoenix into the X factor and deal with uh, now healthy Diana Tarazi, which I definitely want to see a lot more of. Um, so I'll, I'll definitely be on the lookout for both of those. Uh, we also got a rematch between the sun and the fever uh, as the sun look to continue to pad wins on their schedule. 
And, and this one's a home. <laughs> this one's a homer for Indiana. So do they have it in them to I, I'm capitalize? Sorry. I I sincerely <laughs> like. I don't mean to to make this such a brutal fever episode, but but we're at Farmers Coliseum for this one. <laughs> And so, you know, hopefully that potential change. If you're a Fever fan, you make your way to that event. You know, 1 p.m. Eastern, that's noon Central. Grab you a late, get, get a tenderloin sandy for, you know, as for late lunch after the game. Handy and then, sandy. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, have, have a good time and cheer on your team and see if they can pull a good one off. You just never know. Unfortunately, the Mystics and Liberty, I believe, are out of the running in their divisions for the Commissioner's Cup, but it is still a Commissioner's Cup game. Uh, the Sun are pretty close to having that done and dusted. I believe they have one team in the standings that could match. The Chicago could match them if, if the Sun lose their next two Commissioner's Cup games and Chicago wins their next two, they're tied up. But even then, I don't know how the head-to-heads roll there. I'd have to look deeper into the standings. Oh, and they're one and one right now. So, um, uh, but, oh, never mind. They totally have Chicago on differential, it looks like. So, I... The Sun are pretty darn close to having that that side done and dusted. That said, uh, the next day, uh, the day of independence, today is the day of our independence day, greatest president in film history, potentially, uh, Sunday, July 4th. Storm Sparks does have some implications. The Storm are looking to separate themselves in the Commissioner's Cup standings from the Sparks, uh, or from the Aces. The Sparks only have one win in the Commissioner's Cup, but that's always a, a good time matchup. We're closing out the time, the amount of time where we have to watch the sparks in that dumb convention center location. <laughs> we should hopefully be back to, to the, hey, the stars were out at the, at they did. The LA they convention. made their way in, but for goodness <laughs> sake, like that, that's not even a rec center that, that it looks like a, like a side room at a conference in a hotel. Like, Oh, you're in room four L does for, a little for this, bit for this session. And it happens to be a basketball game. And so hopefully it, uh, hopefully our days are numbered there and then dream aces which uh is a matchup at the very least full of a lot of fun players uh, any yeah. standouts there for july 4th yeah that one uh that one's kind of interesting because i i know we're all talking about john quill jones return to the sun we're all keeping an eye on the the reigning champ seattle storm team but i'll tell you what these aces have a good energy to them right now they've won seven of their last eight Looks like they've got uh, that game at Los Angeles on uh, tonight. Um, so we're not previewing you that because by the time you listen to this episode, that game's probably already happened. Um, but then a little bit of a mini homestand uh, against Atlanta, Phoenix, and Minnesota. A really good opportunity against some of kind of those mid-tier teams um, to, to really prove what they've got. They Two of their last three games have gone to overtime. Um they, they lost to Minnesota and then they eked by Seattle in probably the game of the year so far. So uh, I, I'm keeping an eye on the Aces. I want to see what they do. I want to see if Asia Wilson um, is going to try to separate herself statistically in the MVP uh, race or if they're just more concerned about padding up those wins uh, and getting ready for the, the postseason run. Because you know that I really appreciate how disciplined some teams are this season about being focused on the postseason, even though there's all these, I'm going to call them distractions. They're not bad things, but there's all these distractions. There's the Olympic break, which is weird to have a two week break in the middle of a season. That's already a a pretty short sprint. And then you've got commissioner's cup and you've got um, uh, like injuries and like players that have had prior commitments for the first half of the season that are going to be back and kind of changing the complexion of their teams in the second half of the season. And to me, I, I think the Connecticut Sun have kind of been 
uh, and this is a rarity for the sun, but they've kind of been front and center in dealing with John Quill Jones being away and now they're back and people are kind of talking about them. Like, are they a contender? And we're always aware of Seattle because the stars are always shining brightly on that team. And Jewel Lloyd's having like an MVP year. Um, to me, it's the aces that are kind of flying under the radar and there's a chance they're, they're tied for first in the league right now. There's a chance they're the best team in the league and they still have reason to kind of talk themselves into being little, little sneaky underdogs. Cause I don't think they're getting, you know, the press that they got last year. So I'm excited to see what the aces do, um, on this next probably four or five game stretch where other teams have a lot more treacherous schedules. Um, and they, they can really do some damage here. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I, this is a, this will be a fun tell weekend. Cause once this weekend's over the next week is really kind of zeroing in on the break and how that's going to pan itself out. So I think we have a lot to be excited about just in general there. Uh, we then have one final matchup coming into the weekend on Monday. We've got Dallas and New York. Yeah. They, they've, they played, uh, they, they've matched up once. And New York won that, but it was a completely different world at that point. Um, you had Natasha Howard on the court. The da- the wings weren't quite in wake-up mode. I think after that game was one of the first games where they really started to hit the streak of playing very competitive, close games, and seeing some good wins come out of it. So there's a whole different bounce there. But you're looking at two fringe teams that potentially are trying to squeak their way into the playoffs. So there's a lot riding on this matchup. Um, and, you know, we're back in Brooklyn. The Nets don't have much going on, so you may see some some good faces in the, you know, this may be a fun one to just see some fun faces in the crowd. I don't know. Um, but what are you looking forward to with this matchup? This matchup is freaking rad. Uh, everybody should be sick. psyched for Liberty Dallas matchups because we got one on the front end of the season. We're getting one right here smack in the middle, and then we'll get one like four days before the season ends. Um, as just kind of a litmus test for these two teams that are both going to try to strangle each other for that last playoff spot. I think Um, uh, since they last played, I think the wings have further established themselves as like a trust, almost a trustworthy playoff team. It doesn't mean that they're for sure getting in, but I just, that's the way they've been playing. Um, They've been able to put up a bunch of points. They take a ton of shots. Um, The Liberty have not been trending the right direction. Uh, since their hot start, they they kind of afforded themselves a lot of flexibility going five of their first six. But since then, a um, bunch of back-to-back losses with wins just kind of sporadically thrown in there. And their, their mid to late schedule, uh, their August after the Olympic break, is brutal. So Yeah, they're, they're going to need this break. And this, they're going to need a, to do yeah, well for so them. So this is a big game. I, I Specifically, I, I think they're going to finish the year with very similar records. And it's going to be probably maybe a t- either a tiebreak situation or they're both getting in or one of them is going to be out, first one out. Like It'd be pretty heartbreaking for Dallas to be the first team out of the playoffs for the second year in a row by about a game or two. And this game could be the difference. Um yeah. And then they, again, they don't play each other for another two months at the very end of the season on NBA TV. So, uh, yeah, watch this one. This one's on Facebook. It's going to be in New York. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to that game. <laughs> yeah, and I think for New York, it almost is going to be kind of be a tale of two games because I think you have this this Commissioner's Cup lineup with with the Mystics at home. So you have a nice little homestand. If you can at least be competitive, which I think they will. The frustrating thing with Liberty, they, they've gotten blown out a few times, but there's been a lot of these close nagging losses. They had a, a, like a one-basket loss to the Dream recently. 
that are just frustrating. And if they can maintain themselves, even potentially upend the Mystics, this, this, that homestand helps them. Um, but they need to string a couple wins together to feel like they can be even considered in the playoff contention route anymore. Um, and not just a high potential, like look up for them down the road yeah. type of situation. A lot of people are very critical right now of, of UNESCO's downtick in playing. I honestly haven't seen it that way. I don't know if I'm just seeing something different. I don't necessarily, you know, um, she's still probably the best distributor on the team. Yeah. I don't expect her to, to drop 20 and 10 every single night. Now she's, you know, if you're putting in 10 and eight, like I, 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 she's not playing at this mega superstar level, but people are putting her in the funk range, which I don't see it. Uh, I think that'll level itself off. I think right now, Laney's playing phenomenal basketball and is, is taking up a lot of that real estate and that's going to happen. How Howard fits into that mix. Once that gets pounded out, we'll have to see. Um, but this is a team that I think will greatly benefit from that break because yeah. there happened to be a team that isn't going to be hit very heavily uh, from, you know, they're not going to lose a ton of, of players over that break time, which I think will be good for them to, to rest their legs a little bit. And we'll see if they can squeak their way into that 18 again. If five to 11 is a two game difference. Th- these standings could look so dangerously different in yeah. about a month. I'm very interested in what Dallas has cooked up to contain Laney, who went off for 26 points in their first matchup. Because um, lately, the Liberty have been getting, you know, you've been getting a lot of good Whitcomb minutes. She went for 30 the other night. We love, we're a, we're a Sammy Whitcomb pot for sure. Michaela Anya Ware is coming into her own. Kylie Shook's been playing well. Sabrina's kind of taken over more of a distributor role, but she did have 15 points in their first matchup as well. Um, I wonder if Dallas will really key in on Laney, if they're even able to do that and kind of try to force someone else to beat them. Uh, Arike Ogubawale and Marina, Marina Mabry both had 20-point games against New York in that matchup um, where both teams shot pretty well. So... Laney nine of 15 the last time they played including a bunch of trips to the line but only one three-pointer so just a little bit of a, a look back to that seven point game from a month ago um Natasha Howard was still playing on this team at that point and they are I, I know we've we've talked a lot about Laney being great in the scoring column and Sabrina taking a step back and not looking like necessarily a superstar yet but we know she's capable we haven't really talked a lot about how Natasha Howard is kind of the the glue that <laughs> makes everything yeah. that Liberty wanted to do that this year work. She's, she was a big acquisition. She's, she's not there. And maybe just cause people weren't used to seeing her in a, in a Liberty Jersey. So we forget that she's like a huge part of their future. But. No, absolutely. It's uh, it, it's, it's been frustrating a lot of ways for the Liberty. Cause I think uh, if a couple pieces change for them, they're, they're in a better momentum swing, but um, these types of matchups with Dallas, I think are perfect for them. It just gives them a chance to try on, some new digs and and see if they can build some momentum but uh these are some rosters that i think are going to be looking forward to having a little bit of july to get themselves replenished yeah both these teams trying to get back to 500 as well and that's pretty much the mark for making the playoffs like there's always one team that makes it like a game under 500 which is where they both sit right now yeah so you you really you just want to avoid i keep saying this but like this is the time of the season where you can do yourself a lot of favors by avoiding the danger zone we're i we're going to come up with a different name for it but um there's there's going to be some teams on the bubble um we know that the standings are so tight 
Um, the top three teams are separating themselves. Chicago's kind of in a land between that top tier and the middle tier. And then the middle tier is just, it's just going to be a bloodbath from now until September. Couldn't agree more. I'm uh, we'll have to see this is a, obviously an incredibly fun time to, to be a fan of the league. Oh, it's We're the rolling, best. This yeah, is a great into all-star rolling into all-stars rolling into the Olympics. And then it's basically the, a sprint to the playoffs. I mean, this will be a, a, a couple months that are just full of, if you're, if you're bored with anything going on in the league, it's your own fault there there you know you might need to check your pulse because it's uh at this point we're just full head on in making things happen it'll be interesting to see as things start to materialize as speculation starts to wind down and it just becomes who's winning who's losing so should be exciting anything else uh as we close this out logan you want to no, just a, a reminder, the All-Star Game's coming up July 14th. Uh, you can also reach out to us over Twitter at WNBA Nation Pod and follow our streams on Twitch as we record. Uh, be a part of the show, contribute to that Twitch stream, get your questions answered, things like that. Uh, we also have some exciting news. I want to send this, uh, send the show off on this at the end of the show here, but uh, we are currently on the list on the Player's Choice, or sorry, the Player's Choice, um, the People's Choice Podcast Awards. Uh, this is the month it's July 1st to July 31st is your time as a listener to nominate your favorite sports podcast. And if you go to podcastawards.com and you click the nominate button, I think you have to give them an email or something to make sure you're not like a repeat visitor. You can go to the sports column and scroll down and you can find us there WNBA nation. Um, and that's a big deal. We're really excited about that. Um, if we're able to snag a nomination and kind of put ourselves amongst the giants of sports podcasting, the ESPN 30 for thirties and um, you know, all the CBS podcasts that have like millions of listeners, that would be a big deal. Um, and you guys have been so gracious helping us out um, already with the Twitch stream and with your five-star reviews, which we, we reviewed uh, again recently. And we all just are so grateful for, and we really appreciate so much. Um, and we're glad that this show brings some value uh, to your listening and, and helps you understand the league a bit better. Um, that's really fun for us. Um, and so to kind of perpetuate that, we're, we're looking at opportunities to get our name out there more and that would help us a bunch. So um, you can do that as well as leave us a five-star review if you haven't done that yet. Um, you, you listen to podcasts, so you know the drill by now. Um, but we will read your review on air if you're able to do that for us um, to share our appreciation. So I think those are all the plugs. Uh, and I'll, I'll throw it back to Steve, who's uh, it's just good to see you again, man. Like, yeah, I know I'm going to see you in two weeks in person. We're going to go do a little, a little Vegas excursion, but man, yeah. it's good to have you back on. No, this has been, this has been fun. It's uh, I definitely, you definitely tell, I, I need to get my conditioning up. I blinked on like three people's names and uh, need to get my energy up, but it's that, a just comes, it's a that process. comes with conditioning and getting, <laughs> getting your reps in and you know, we're, we're getting there. We're on the road, all things positive, but no, it's been, it's been really fun to get back into the seat and, dive into the w a little more and uh it's just it you couldn't have have a better time to be a fan of the w so let's buckle things up uh but with that thank you so much to everyone to each and every one of you for taking the opportunity to listen to the show this week uh we have a lot more for you remember to follow us over on twitch and enjoy some live streams with us coming up uh we we do at least a couple of those every single week so check that out but if not we're right here for you uh whenever whenever you need a lift i guess not whenever because you know if one of you calls and says can you do a podcast just for me i don't know if we're there yet maybe 
house calls might be open. I don't know, but, but thank you uh, so much for listening until we talk to you again. I'm Steve Schwartzman. I'm Logan Jones. And we got you next time.